interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello and welcome to the Salt Report, where two of the internet's saltiest nerds dish out all their salt about comics, um, cosplay, movies, video games, and all things nerdy. I am Kay, and recording with me tonight is Jesse. Yo! And the sponsor in our hearts this week is Attaché Case HD. Trademark. Oh my god. <laughs> A.K.A. Resident Evil 4. I remember when I played that game that a significant amount of my time was dedicated to organizing my attaché case so that all my guns and my ammo fit uh, and my herbs and stuff. So, please look forward to that. I <laughs> Jesse. I, what if I? What if I don't want to? What if I... Too bad. No! 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 <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> It's a time. Just mostly so far, it's been me screaming, like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Where's my ammo? I'm out of ammo. Guess I'll die. <laughs> and then waiting. We'll talk about that. Hoping and praying. In more detail, but you know. <laughs> for, the, for the kick to come up. I'm like, do a sweet kick, Leon. <laughs> you have to stun them first. Yeah, you do. And then, the, then the X button prompt comes up. Now you may kick them. I'm like, this is bullshit. I wanted to. Later, it becomes a suplex. It's rad. Really? Oh, I can't wait for that. (laughs) I think you can do both, but suplex is one of the props that will happen. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny to me. It's like me imagining where the fuck Leon learned how to suplex somebody. Yeah, he's like kung fu action hero in this game, and he was not like that in two that I remember, but. Video games. Video games. I mean, like I said, they had to buy back the rights to Leon, so it could have something to do with that, where they were just like, they don't actually know how to write Leon, because the guy who created Leon left at that point. No, man, it's character development. (laughs) Oh, is that what that is? It's character development. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Um... With that, I suppose we can move into our pre-salt. I didn't do a whole lot last week. Um, I fixed my songbird jacket. That's important. I, like, finally, I got the zipper in. Like, I, I pulled out the old zipper. I got the new zipper in. I hand sewed it back to the lining with the lining a little bit further back away from the zipper teeth this time um i got the coattails back on um one of the interesting things that i noticed this time around is like honestly the first time i put the zipper well the second time i put the zipper in it was super fucking crooked um sewing zippers in is hard yeah you know so i kind of didn't do it quite right and it was super crooked but i was like well it doesn't really matter because the super crooked part is covered up by the butt bow so no one's going to be able to tell. Well, when I sewed it in this time, I actually did it fucking properly, and it was perfect and straight. Um, so all of the stuff that I sewed on, like the snaps for the butt bow that I sewed on, are slightly crooked. <laughs> because they were sewed on straight when the zipper was crooked. Oh boy. Um, it's not noticeable when you actually put the bow on, though, so I didn't fix it. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. fine. Um... Nihon Matsuri is coming up, and I'm trying to consider whether or not I want to I want to put this in the cosplay contest. There, it's a pretty low stakes cosplay contest, um, mm-hmm. 
and but there are like parts of this costume that are super fucked up <laughs> because because I wasn't anticipating co- competing with it. Um, but you know, like I said, it's a low stakes cosplay contest, so it might be fun to just go on there and do a couple poses and walk off and you know why not? Um, so I have a little bit of time to decide that because New Hampshire is in april at the end of april so hopefully this time it won't be so fucking hot oh my god last year it was like 85 degrees and it was like right at the begin, like the before summer began so we weren't used to that kind of heat it was a bad time um i believe i talked about that on the podcast it was it was wild but um yeah i it's it's almost done i just have i started today um super gluing the braided cords that go across the front of the jacket on um, I didn't have time to do the last one, so there's one more to go. But then after that, I'm going to be finally done with this jacket. Um, so excited for that. Oh my god, finally. Um, other than that, I watched one of my stupid true crime documentaries that I talk about on here from time to time. Uh, this time it was, I had to look up the title, Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy Tapes. Um I was interested in watching this one because, for those of you who don't know, Ted Bundy, for a time, was in Utah and committed crimes while he was in Utah. Um, So I wanted to hear about the Utah case specifically, and especially from his uh, previous defense attorney that they interviewed for the show, um, Bruce Lubeck. So that's that's all I really wanted, and I got it. That's what I got. In, like, episode two, they start talking about that. Um, it was interesting to hear about that case, and I fell asleep during the last episode, because I was really tired, so I don't remember. I remember them talking about him confessing, like, right before his execution. I think they were, they were, like, theorizing, like, oh, he just wanted to get out of, like, get off of death row with these confessions. And then I fell asleep, and the next thing I remember was waking up to a trailer for a different show. <laughs> on netflix so eh, i don't i'm not sure if i was just really tired or if that part of the documentary is just really boring um (laughs) the rest of it's kind of interesting if you like true crime stuff but if you don't this isn't going to convert you so (laughs) this isn't the, Um, the thing you would suggest to get people into true crime I don't know if I would suggest anything to get people into true crime. If they were like, I don't like true crime, I'd be like, that's fair. That's Sometimes people are fair. just not, in, like, they don't, they don't really know what, like, what that genre is like, you know? So they just... Yeah, don't... and to be completely fair, a lot of true crime stuff is super, like, gross and exploitative. Yep. Uh, Looking at you, Sword and Scale podcast. Um, but um, if you want a good one, Criminal is a pretty well done true crime podcast that does not exclusively focus on murder and gore. Um, so check that one out, maybe, or maybe the Ted Bundy tapes. I don't know if that's your if that's your bag. Um, but other than that, I play Devil May Cry Five. Um, I streamed it a little bit on Friday. I the I wasn't family. prepared. The Salt family. Um, I wasn't prepared for how long. Like, there's, it's kind of cutscene heavy right at the beginning, and I was getting bored because I'd already watched all this stuff on the Let's Play. So I kept like bothering my cat. So you can <laughs> hear her meowing throughout the video because I was like touching her toes. 
she was sitting on the pill on like a pillow next to me. And so she was like, I kept t- like touching her toes and like messing with her. And so she, she was making these cute this, like this, noises. <laughs> squeak. Like this weird squeak sound too. She was disgruntled. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think at some point I was like, Harvey's going to bite me if, if this cutscene doesn't end soon. Cause I was bugging her so much. But, um, no, she she was giving me mixed signals. She was purring loudly, but also meowing in a very disgruntled way. But um, it was cute. And the rest of the and then when we finally got through the cutscene block and I actually got to play, um, it was a hell of a learning curve. <laughs> I kept saying like Wooly Versus made it look so easy, but the thing is that the people doing the Wooly Versus Let's Play have been playing all of the games. Meanwhile, I haven't played Resident Evil. No, Resident Evil. I haven't played Devil May Cry one in like. Eight years. DMC Devil May Cry is not a good introduction to the series because you can literally just button mash your way through it. So, um, you you can technically button mash your way through DMC five, but you're not gonna have a good time. Um, the dynamic um, soundtrack kind of motivated me to do better because I was like, I want to hear Devil Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and all those like. On my on the bingo card that I read last week, all those like there's one card that was like journalists think that game is boring because they can't get above a D rank. Like if that actually was the case, those people need to get good because the game's not that hard. <laughs> like it, I was pretty even like with all my fuck ups, I was pretty consistently getting at least an A rank. Yeah, on a lot of fights, and then I would you know get hit and lose it, but still, um, it's not what I would consider the wrong kind of hard. It's not. It's definitely not the Dark Souls of character action games. Um, I am playing on human difficulty, for the record. There's, like, a more difficult um, difficulty for people who are really familiar with these games. Uh, and I played... On stream, I played the first two Nero missions and the first V mission. Um, and then on my own, I played the next V mission and the Gilgamesh boss fight with Nero. Um... So I've gotten a little bit further into it. It's a lot of fun. I finally got to the point where you actually get to choose whether you want to play as Nero or V in a stage. Because they do, like, they kind of force you for the first couple missions, and then they let you branch out and pick. So there's your replay value there is, oh, what is this mission like if you play as the other character? Um, So see how that goes. I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Um, Just gotta get good. (laughs) I gotta get good. You were doing pretty well. I did okay. I was getting better um, towards the end there, but that I <laughs> I was so mad when I was playing by myself. I during the second V mission, I um, was really really close to an S rank, so I was staring at the rating and I missed the enemy that came up to no. spank me across the face, and so I lost it and went back down to a D. I was like, no, but you know, it happens. Um, I finally also finally figured out how to taunt, so that helps a lot. But I can only ever get them to do like one taunt each. I don't know where the other ones come from, but oh well. Also, at one point, Nero started like skateboarding around on his sword, <laughs> and I'm like, "How am I doing this?" So, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was a feature of the Gilgamesh boss fight, or if I was if it was a feature of the Devil Breaker that I was using, or like what the hell I was going on. It was it's. It was wild, but that was that was my Devil May Cry 5 experience. 
and all my pre-salt. <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, on, I don't remember time, Sunday, I streamed, uh, Resident Evil 4 for, I, at first I was like, oh, I haven't been streaming that long, but I looked over and it was two hours. So that for me is a long stream, like for video games, um, unless it's Budborn, but that's a different experience entirely. Um, so I, I had, I was like barely in the game when I started. So, um, most people got to watch me. I think over time I got better until I got to El Gigante. Um, <laughs> but up until that point, I think there was like a learning curve that definitely happened where I got slightly better at killing, zo- uh, not zombies, zombie adjacent parasite people who are on meth. Los Ganados. Uh, they're just meth heads in the countryside of Spain. Um, Ray being like, Spain sure is wild. Uh, <laughs> like but uh i was definitely having fun but i was also not having fun if that makes sense i was like i was having a good time but i was failing so so often that dude with the chainsaw is like my mortal enemy yeah you you panicked quite a bit oh yeah i panicked obviously no one can aim well when they're panicking i think too like i'm such an i was so stressed out but like the only um thing I can do when I'm stressed out is sing. So I'm sorry y'all that had to experience like <laughs> Smash Mouth um a Smash Mouth cover while I was fucking also playing Resident Evil 4 or my lovely cover of the Katamari song. Um I just like I have to I have to sing or otherwise it's like my brain takes it more seriously than it actually is. Um but I think even failing and looking like an idiot was kind of fun, especially on stream with a bunch of people. Like, there's nothing like fucking up on stream where everyone's watching you and has backseat driving trains. Trying to help. Yeah. You're like, no so, one can help me. <laughs> El Gigante, I thought more about that one. Because I said to you in the stream, was like, it's been so long since I've played this game that I don't remember how I beat this boss. Um... But I kind of remember now, I used either or maybe both the rifle and the shotgun Mm. um, to do damage to him by shooting him in the face until he kind of collapsed. And then you get a quick time event to attack the thing on his back. Um, You have to do that like three times. I think so. If if you mash super fucking hard, you can get it done in, in two. But I'm not that good of a masher. It hurts my my tendons so <laughs> yeah it hurts my tendons too there was a couple of times where you were like you need to talk you need to dodge right and i um and i was just like <laughs> um and i was just like i am trying but i couldn't hit the buttons fast enough for them to dodge because they came up on the screen so fast i didn't even see what it said and so like i i was just like i can't dodge this because i can't see it i can't <laughs> It's too fast. Yeah, th- that might become a problem in a cutscene later. Um, luckily, I... It seems like all the other QuickTime stuff, though, I've been okay with. Like, the, um... The, like, boulders that were supposed to kill me. And yeah. other stuff was fine. <laughs> you screamed the whole time that was happening. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know if I'm hitting this fast enough. You know, like, the fear... Yeah, you don't have to hit it that fast, thankfully. I'm just like, no fear. One fear. 
Um, but also it like came out of nowhere. I was just like, what is happening right now? Where the fuck am I? Where am I? Um, and like, I just felt so stupid that whole time. I, and now it's just, that's just how I imagine Leon is. Like when the cellar guy comes to the window and he's like, come here. And I'm like, uh, to, to the window, (laughs) (laughs) like a drive through. It's like, no, around the corner. And I'm just like, sir. Meanwhile, guy's like, hey, would you like to buy some penis enlargement pills? (laughs) I don't want to play this game anymore. (laughs) And there's the, they're like, fucking Resident Evil 4 has these whole sections where like, there's, there's no typewriter. There's just none. You just, and like, you know, when you're going into those pits too, because you'll like open a door and it'll look like some Tarzan fucking like treehouse fuckery where you have to go around and they're like get these two pieces out of these asinine treasure chests to put together to open the other door to get the fuck out of here and then when you get out the other side of that there's like finally a typewriter and then there'll be like two typewriters right next to each other and then you're like oh no because that usually Uh means that you're gonna go back into another one of those wells of like just just nothing and like barely any resources while I scream the whole time. Something something for resource management is that once you knock um, one of the dudes on the ground, you can slash him with your knife um, mm. to do damage and sometimes to finish them off. So that can conserve bullets so you're not just like shooting somebody that's on the ground and wasting bullets. I also, my entire life changed when I realized I can just run past people. Yeah, like, you can. Yeah. I just did. I was like, goodbye. Be like five dudes, like, trying to intimidate me, and I'm like, get wrecked. I'm leaving. Like... (laughs) Sometime you should watch a uh, speed run of this game, because it's fucking crazy. I think it was Asalia who sent me this tweet that was like, imagine um, you're one of the monsters in Silent Hill, ready to cause psychological terror to a person, and then you just see someone run and clip through a building while saying, hi, welcome to my speed run of Silent Hill. (laughs) 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 That's how I feel, like in this game like you just <laughs> um but it, no I'm having fun I think I had more fun playing with other people around even though I felt like I was really embarrassing myself I was having a good time so um and thank you to everybody who came and I really appreciate you putting up with my screaming I just I, I like when I scream I legitimately probably got frightened like there, there are times because of the fixed camera, like, I'd turn around and then there'd just be a person there. I'm like, Jesus Christ on a bike! Um, that was genuine fear. Uh, because I'm not, like, scared of, like, the zombies per se, but I jump real easy. Like, I've been in class before and drawing and somebody would be like, hey, can I borrow your tape? And I just scream. Um. <laughs> Jesus, the other day at work I was, you know, scrolling Twitter at my desk like I probably shouldn't. And, um... <laughs> This video came up, and it was, like, I follow this person that, like, makes what they call found footage horror art, where basically somebody will submit a photo to them, and they'll draw, like, a scary monster in it and create, like, a story about it. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, Trevor Henderson, I believe, is the Twitter name. But um, they retweeted something that seemed like an innocuous video at first. And I think the text on it was not in English. I don't, I don't remember what language it was, but um, 
I looked at it and it was basically somebody flicking the lights on and off. And when the lights were off, there was a shadowy figure by the window. And when the lights went on, there it was gone. And on like the third time you flicked the lights off, the shadowy figure was right in his fucking face. And I jumped so high. <laughs> my seat of work. It was very embarrassing. Nobody saw it, thankfully. But <laughs> Jesus God. Yeah. I sometimes I get real, um, real freaked out when like, I'm I'm looking at a picture that looks too real and I get that uncanny valley thing and I I at first I won't notice what I'm supposed to be looking at and then I see it in the picture and then I jump um but I I startle hella easy so that's why it's like extra funny but then my mom was like why would you play video games that stress you out when you already have anxiety and then last night she who also has anxiety was watching this like show about a guy who rescues people in high stress situations and there's like a little girl stuck on the side of a mountain it's like please help me and like the music was super stressful and I'm like how could you watch this like (laughs) don't come for me um horror games and movies and stuff are kind of like cathartic in a way oh yeah i i actually like i said i i think i've told you this i love horror movies but i get scared real easy um i might go see us on friday oh yeah i want to see that um because my friend and i really she was the one who made me uh watch um um she and i was the one uh she was the one who made me watch um uh get out and i really enjoyed get out a lot even though it even though i was like super stressed out the whole time and gripping her bed cover like a mad person um but i i loved that film so much that i was like oh yeah and i've been watching the trailers for this and it looks super good i'm just i i've been having a lot of anxiety lately so i don't know if it'll be good for me or not but because it looks like more of a psychological kind of thriller thing um but i'm super interested in seeing that uh i because I, I love horror movies. Um, Not only friends are weenies and they don't like horror movies. I have to go see movies like that by myself. <laughs> I I wish I could go see them with you. I wish there was a way. We live in the future, goddammit. Um, <laughs> Skype. <laughs> Movie theater in the theater. Stuff. In the theater. Listen, one time when I was in, um, uh, in my old neighborhood at the theater, this woman answered her phone in the middle of the movie and i thought she was gonna say oh i'm in the movie theater i can't right now which is annoying but like less annoying than what proceeded to happen where she talked about her entire trip to the mall for like i don't know 15 minutes during the movie so you know it just just goes to show you um but yeah i'm a i love horror movies i'm but you 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 like get scared at the time right but then you go to bed and you're like good night and yeah, I'm the, basically <laughs> i'm the kind of person who goes to bed afterwards and like the light flicks off and i'm staring at my ceiling and i'm like this is how i die um but i also have weird reactions sometimes i scream and sometimes i do this thing where i go um really loud <laughs> Ex- hey hey, hey. Stop. yes i do that too yeah. or excuse me excuse me <laughs> i don't know what I that freak- the, thing, the stuff that does freak me out is real fucking weird though i will say like i um had a hard time sleeping after watching the david lynch miniseries rabbits <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird thing to be freaked out about but you know you know maybe if you'd watched it you'd understand but like <laughs> It was just like, it was just weird and unsettling, I guess. You know, 
Like, It Follows isn't a particularly scary movie, but what it is is, like, an anxiety-inducing movie, and there's something so fucking ominous about someone just straight up walking towards you, not running, not, like, jogging, they're just slow walking at you and not stopping, and nothing is getting in their way, and you're just like, I, I cannot, and one time after I had seen the movie, someone was walking, like, near me and just walking towards me at like a very steady pace I was like this is it this is death it's finally come for me like it followed me here (laughs) um (laughs) so it clearly they they turned eventually and I was fine but it did for a minute I was like this is it it's come to murder me um so I definitely get affected by movies that aren't even really that scary. In fact, some people, like, even one of the comments about that movie is that it wasn't that scary. I would recommend the soundtrack, though. Um, if if anybody played Hyper Light Drifter, it's the same people who did the soundtrack for that as well. Um, super good. Another thing I did this while I, between podcasting, is finished Umbrella Academy. Super good. I cried, um, well-handled content, I think, um, I, I, I think that this is my last comment on this, too, is that they translated it really well. Like, it was translated so well that, like, some of the stuff that I don't think would have been able to make it into the comics, um, gets put in as little Easter eggs, or not in the comics, in the show, gets put in as little Easter eggs, like, there's one point where um, Allison's daughter asks her to tell her the story about the Eiffel Tower, which is what the Umbrella Academy starts with, kind of, in the comics, um, which was, I just think, too outlandish for them to do in the show. I think the show, though, mixes that feeling of these are weird people in an ordinary universe with this is actually a surreal universe very well because at first when you start watching it you're like these people are just kind of like these weird people but the universe is otherwise normal but with the introduction of hazel and cha-cha you get a whole sub thing that i don't really want to spoil if people haven't watched it so i i won't um that kind of pulls it more into like almost a um what would i even what would i even compare it to I had been comparing, the only thing I could compare it to before was my friend, my friend's writing, um, but, like, I'm trying to think of, like, the kind of energy it has, um, if you've watched the American Gods series, it has a little bit of that energy in it, too, um, which I really recommend, but with all its, like, all of its humor and all of its weirdness, it's still very grounded in interpersonal relationships, and the complications of these people having grown up with an abusive father, and it presents the dad in a way that, like, yeah, he's an asshole, and we're not going to question, like, the fact that no matter what, he's an asshole, but also presents a point of view of what he thought he was doing was protecting them and helping them, um because of extenuating circumstances. He didn't think of what he was doing as cruel. He thought of it as necessary to keep them safe. Um, Did it change the fact that what happened to those kids was terrible? No. It's not like it forgave it. It just sort of 
gave a different perspective of it that's more, I think, realistic, you know? And I think in the long run will help the kids heal over time. Um, And as well as, like, just the awkward relationship between these people who feel like perhaps we are... They can't decide whether or not they're siblings or they're alienated from each other, which is really good as anyone... If anyone has a weird alienated relationship with their sibling... Um, this is kind of, like, got that same, they capture that feeling well of, like, some, like, why are you deciding now that you want to be my big sister? Or why are you deciding now that you want to be my brother? Um, and, like, whether or not it's fair to ask that from somebody, like, later in life if you weren't there when they were younger, but there were extenuating circumstances when they were younger. So, it tackles that issue and those issues are all very human issues which i think is part of what keeps the show so fucking grounded even in all of its ridiculousness um so i i there were a couple of times where i was like well i don't know if this director is new to directing if this is like one of his first things he's ever directed um or like if the editor is new but there's just like this a couple of episodes where it feels like someone's college project. So I don't know what's up with that. It's not all of the content, and overall I don't think it, like, hinders the show's enjoyment, but there are a couple episodes where I'm like, what is this? What are these choices? These are choices you made, but they feel kind of like some college art student's, like, video project. (laughs) So, I, I mean... I think the show is taking risks as far as, like, how it's presenting itself, and I appreciate that. Another thing I really appreciate is um, how they use Vanya's music uh, and reflect her violin playing um, with the actions of her siblings and use it as kind of like a scene transition. I think it's really clever and um, really invokes, like, the feeling of panels in a comic without it being directly taken from panels in a comic. Um, so I recommend it. It did, it did make me kind of depressed and, but I can't tell if that's because, like I said, I read Umbrella Academy during a really bad time in my life. Um, and that it's just taken me somewhere like those Uncrustables took Katya, (laughs) Katya somewhere. Um, but like, I I did I did feel some depression, so I will uh, warn you with that. Um, but otherwise, super good series. I don't know. I don't think I talked about this last episode because I think this happened over the weekend on Saturday. Um, my friend and I went to a local con, and it was its first year, so it's a tiny baby con. Um, because someone I tabled next to at Sack Anime. Uh, posted on Twitter that she was going to be there and my friend also follows her. So we went to go um, see this baby con because it's an, it's a, it's like a local area convention and we thought it would be cute. It was super cute. It was tiny. Like when I say tiny, I mean, you know, like a, a gym in high school where like the basketball court is on the inside yeah. It was like that because it was in a community center kind of building. Um, and it was split in half where you had the artist alley 
and the um, vendors hall. And then in the back outside, because it was in the community center building, there was like stuff for kids to do, which was super duper cute. Um, That kind of makes me think of, um, there's a local con that's mostly directed at teenagers here named Toshokan that mm -hmm. is in a library and it's just one day. So probably kind of similar. Yeah. And um, it was like $10 to get in. So it was no like, you know, bank breaking experience. Um, And they had a cosplay contest, which was super cute with like prizes from vendors that were there. And um, it's just, it was just, and they even somehow got guests. I don't know. It was, it was cute. And it was, it was small, but like, um, my friend was pointing out, this is how like a lot of conventions started. They didn't start as mighty unless you're crunchy roll con which we explained is like i was like that's like the rich kid like their parents paid for them to get into school that's crunchy con sorry crunchy roll con i'm coming for you and your 200 dollars tables um but like other cons had to work their way up to the top um to where they are now but it was also just cute and i like i always like uh seeing local artists and what they're selling and um i got this print that I'll maybe I'll take a picture of it um, with their business card so that uh, like people can see where I got it from. But um, I got this print that just looks like Luna, and it makes me so happy. It's like this little black cat. She had um, or or they I don't really know. Uh, they had um, a like a two, two black cat prints, and one of them had green eyes, and one of them had gold eyes. And my friend was like, oh, which one are you going to get? And I was like, the gold eye one, because um, if you do not know, Luna has gold eyes. So I wanted the one that looked like my baby. And it's super duper cute. And it was like the small print. And it's uh, it's kind of like iridescent a little bit. I don't know. It's nice quality paper. Um, and then I got some buttons and keychain from the person I tabled with or tabled next to last time. Um, and they're going to be at SEC Anime again. Uh, where I will be again this year. So I'm excited to see them. Um, but yeah, it was a cute, it was a cute, fun experience. Like there were a bunch of teenagers there. They were so cute. And like, I don't know, it was, it was a good, it was like a nice summer day too. I think I posted my outfit from that day, my vacation goth outfit. I was sweating (laughs) my balls off because like, it was just like weirdly sunny and warm on that day. Um, and finally... I am trying to become a better tank uh, because I realized that, like, I was, I've been kind of disappointed with my tanking and I'm like, the only person who can prevent forest fires is me. <laughs> so <laughs> I was looking up how to become a better tank. Shout out to Joan for giving me a helpful sheet because I had to fucking rifle through, like, all of these forum threads and it was a wild time of, like, like advice that disagreed with other advice like contradictory advice and like then everybody was like blame healers and i was like i'm leaving this chilies i i don't think this we're looking for as a healer as well when i was trying to learn how to heal better that people would give contradictory advice um so it's definitely not exclusive to tanks but like the the reddit the final fantasy 14 reddit will frequently just devolve into arguments about when the correct time to cast regen or medica 2 is and it's just like why oh God. why you like this <laughs> you know what the most controversial issue that i've found so far tank stance holy god 
oh man people oh, yeah. get so mad about tank stance they're like There's and- the camp of you should never ever drop tank stance ever versus no one should ever use tank stance on trash mobs versus you should use tank stance to gain aggro and then drop it for trash mobs it's just like yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You perfectly summarized it. And I was just like, I don't know when, when to use tank stance. <laughs> you don't get tank stance until level 30 anyway. Yeah, but like, it. but I'm trying to train. I'm trying to climb this mountain. Um, I also realized, well, I I, I think that... Um, this is, this is something I want to continue to do. I want to continue my Final Fantasy life. Um, I don't know how far I'll level Paladin. Maybe I'll just, like level paladin to 70 and then like just to, just well, you have to, to learn the game you'd have to get a subscription first yeah well yes um, that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about Kay. <laughs> but, but what i'm saying is once i have a subscription and pay for the game that's where this is going um like at that point i'll finish learning the game through paladin but i really do not care for paladin that much i think mostly it's i'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you it's that i just don't like the outfits that's it that's yeah. the well welcome to this chilies climber is end game oh yeah you get it level 50 is pretty good um i don't i just also, don't like the aesthetic of paladin like yeah, that's and, the- and you know like while you're on the free trial there's no reason why you can't play other classes and see and see if you can find one that you really really enjoy um i didn't even know i could do that on the free trial oh oh of course you can level every class in a realm reborn to level 35 oh Um, my god what what have i been doing i thought i was just i thought i was just like only allowed to like one shot it that's a very generous uh trial they gave you it is a very generous trial you can do all of the disciple of war and magic classes and you can also do all the disciple of the hand and land classes so that would be botanist fisherman uh culinarian weaver like you can do a lot with the free trial oh so what have i been doing if you don't care for paladin try warrior or try um pugilist or try conjurer or whatever just just try it why not oh my god Thank God, because I was just like I was I was getting to the point where I was looking at all of the like end game. They were like, "This is the set that's like this is a good set. This is a good set." And like honestly, I this is a stupid reason not to like a class, but like I was like, "God, this is so preppy. This is the jock prep <laughs> of like tanking right here." And I'm not about that life. Um, yeah, it, people are probably gonna be like, Jesse, this is a stupid reason. I'm like, no, because no, I came here to be cute. Glamour is, glamour is endgame in Final Fantasy. Like, you, if you if you get, like, say you decide to do Weaver and you get, like, real good at it, you can make a lot of money off people that want nice glamours for their characters. Like, millions of gil. So. I, this is a, this is a time. I've learned so much just right now sitting here in this chair. What, I, <laughs> I'm having a great time. Thank you. This is good news because I'm tired of wearing, I'm tired of looking like a prep as, uh, I will, I will say that none of the, the starting gear is good. Like, yeah, um, I just, I just don't care for like end game prep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't like that. I'm barreling towards like Letterman jock of tanking. 
I have decided that I really enjoy the Dark Knight, not the Dark Knight, the uh, Dragoon aesthetic. So I'm with you there. <laughs> the the level 70 gear for Dragoon is actually pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> so there you go. And I, the healer stuff's cute too. So I've been enjoying that as well. Um, I really like the, um, the, whenever I see the like Astrologian sets going around, I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. these are so cute. It's- Female astrologians specifically won the Glamour Olympics. Um, they, <laughs> the level 50 set is like a big ball gown with a bunch of stars on it. And like the level, um, I think, 70 set is like a really nice dress as well with a belly shirt. And it just it's just really cute. And it, the astrolabes are all really cool. I think that might be the next class that I level up is the astrologian but i'm worried i'm not gonna like it because i don't like scholar but we'll see well yeah because you've been having a hell time with scholar i don't Um, like scholar and that's fair uh so yeah that well i've just learned something here gonna have a better time um and do try some stuff so i I remember like if you decide to try out a dps class um since i have a healer and a tank leveled up, you can still take advantage of the fast cues. So, as long as you're playing with me, if you decide to play with randoms, then then you I have can to wait, wait in the DPS line that makes like all the DPS that fucking beam where it's like the tank and the healer are those two giant really upset dudes, and then like DPS is that really excited small dude. Yeah, <laughs> DPS has been waiting forty five minutes. Here. Yeah, they're just excited to be here. Um, yeah. So I think that's I think that's all my pre-salt for this for this week. Alright. Moving into the salt. Um my my salt is all sequels to previous salt that I've had in the past couple of weeks. Um, the first of which is Zipper Drama 2, The Zippening. Um, I, so, as I talked about, my zipper got all fucked up on my songbird jacket, and so I took all the time to rip it out and, um, sew it in the new zipper. When I sewed in the new zipper, initially I couldn't get the ends together, and I was really freaking out. (laughs) Um, and... I don't know, I kind of, like, got the old zipper and put the ends together to kind of be like, no, no, it's not, like, my fault. I'm not, like, putting it together wrong or anything. It's just stuck for some reason. And then that was when I found out that zipper still works. Oh, boy. It zipped all the way up. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm upsetty. <laughs> it's upsetty spaghetti, if you will. <laughs> Like, I spent all that time and, like, 20 extra dollars getting this new zipper, and I didn't have to, and, like, I, like, I don't know what it was. I really could not zip the zipper past that those, those fucked up teeth when it was on the jacket. Like, they're all bent. But for some reason, when it was off the jacket, it was like, yeah, no problem, bro. Cheers, I'll drink to that. And I'm like, why? Why? I still have voice. It. Were we put on this earth just to suffer? Why, why are we here? Just to suffer? <laughs> I feel the zipper pain. So I, I guess I'll keep it. Because I can probably use it for something sometime in the future. 
They're like, what the fuck, dudes? <laughs> you shouldn't why? laugh at, this, at your pain, but also... But also, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're here, um, so people can laugh at our pain. And then Superglue Hellscape to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I'm flying through this, because I don't have much to talk about. But um, I made the... Um, braided cords that go across the front of the jacket and those are just they're just braided and i hot glued the ends to hold them together and also to keep the cord from unraveling um so i had to cover that ugliness up and i also needed a way to like gracefully attach it to the pins on the front of the jacket so i'm like okay so i got some gold bias tape that i'd gotten to decorate the front of the jacket and i kind of like made a loop and i wrapped another piece around to kind of cover up the hot glue and then I forced the um, loop into the pin, and then I put the, like, not the pin, like, the brooch, and then I put the brooch pin into the hole and kind of super glued everything in that sequence. Um, I have so much fucking super glue stuck to my hands. I And the weird part about this is that the, the leather, the faux leather gold bias tape is, um, like, whenever I touch it, when there's super glue on my hand, I will sometimes pry off a little bit of the gold that's on the outside. And so I have huh. like, I look like some kind of weird fucked up fish right now. Like I've got all these scales, these like <laughs> silvery goldish scales on I my know. fingertips that I'm peeling off and, and I have to peel them off. Like it's a compulsion. It's like, <laughs> I can't stop myself. I was chewing on my fingertips earlier to get the super glue off, which is definitely bad for you. But I was, I didn't even realize I was doing it until it like, my hand was already in my mouth and like okay. i just i hate super glue <laughs> when will i be free of this hell i have one more to go and then i'll probably find something else to super glue i'm sure um suffer because of it yes for sure oh i, I didn't talk about this because i forgot about it but i also um just like while i was doing something else i worked a little bit on the um fool's idols spell book um i'm just like it needs to have pages so i'm just finding stuff to fill the pages with and like doing some copy paste and like creating a google doc that's going to be the pages of the book but it's coming along i guess um so there's that but it's going to take fucking forever and be a giant pain in the ass so that's another thing to be salty about but yeah Someday soon, maybe, I'll have a new costume to work on. <laughs> and that's my, that's my salt. It was fast. Uh, yeah, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes. Um, I don't have a lot of salt this week. Except for, I'm, we're going to talk about Patreon real quick. And I let's use Patreon as a case study for, like, a larger anger I have about capitalism. And, uh, like... Take a fucking shot every time Jesse says capitalism. This podcast does not condone the use of alcohol or cigarettes. <laughs> just, just so we're clear. But, you know, you could take a shot of water. So, here's the thing. Um, Patreon, also I accidentally summoned them. That's the fucking funniest part of this whole discussion. Is when It happened they... to me once before my account was private. I summoned uh, CenturyLink by complaining about CenturyLink. Yeah, like, they found me. Shit. Um, so, it's just, 
it's just kind of uh I'm pulling up I'm pulling up the the plans here. So the thing about um the thing about Patreon is that before before I before I rip it apart, I should probably talk about the fact that like I do like having it. It it is a thing I enjoy having. It was a good idea. It was originally like conceived by an artist who no longer is in charge of it though. I will and that much is fucking obvious. Um, and, like, I appreciate its existence. It's brought me happiness up until this point. Um, it will continue to bring me happiness theoretically until the, like, until it, you know, eventually has a fucking breakdown and no longer, you know, can... It essentially they've created a solution that's not sustainable, probably to keep all of us from like jumping ship. But also, there's no alternative for us to really jump ship to currently. So I don't really know where they think we're gonna go. And it, this would be a hard thing to kind of like, um, really like create on your own. So I'm just going to, um like, put that out there first, but essentially Patreon, um, here's a peek into the future of Patreon. So, they've created, like, three tiers, essentially, so you have Patreon Patreon Lite, um, this plan is for future creators who want a simple option to launch a membership without tiers and benefits that they can get up and running within minutes. This plan has no tiers, just a creator page with become a Patreon button, Patreon button, um, that allows patrons to enter any amount of money they wish. This is basically a Kofi. Like, yeah. not to, not to be that person, but it's essentially a Kofi. Um, so there you go. And then there's Patreon Pro, which is basically what I have now. It's basically what anybody who has what they're calling a legacy account currently has. Um, and all creators on Patreon before the plan- these plans launch automatically get this plan um, at their current pricing, which is 5%. Um, and though uh, Folding Ideas pointed out that in order for them to try and maintain this, it would require them to, like, run on two separate servers, um, which is not maintainable in the long run. So it's probably, like, a big red flag of this isn't going to, like, actually be a continuous thing. There'll probably be an update down the line where legacy creators are given some other, like, here, have an avocado peasant and, like, this other thing is taken away from them. And then there's Patreon Premium, which is fucking the stupidest shit I've ever fucking heard in my life. By the way, Patreon Pro, um, if you are, if you were not a legacy, um, like, in on the ground floor member, who's basically anyone who has an account now, um, that, uh, that account is going to be 8% instead of, um, 5%. Then you have Patreon Premium. This plan is for established creative um, businesses with a large following who need advanced features on and a higher level of service. Premium will have limited availability at launch. If you're interested in premium, you can sign up for notifications when it launches. And, like, the thing they gave you was, like, um, so currently, uh, Light will be at 5%, Pro will be at 8%, and Premium will be at 12% of the income you earn on um, Patreon, $300 month minimum fee, 
volume discounts available, plus payment processing, everything in pro, a dedicated partner manager, merch for membership. If you want to sell a t-shirt, you can pay a ridiculous amount more for your fucking account and um, team accounts. And then they get some stupid thing like pro gets creator-led workshops. Nobody fucking wanted that. Not a single goddamn person wanted that. Um, So, you know, one of the biggest things... uh, when we knew this was coming, there was a panic earlier. Um, and I think it was also Folding Ideas who talked about this. The When the initial panic came up of them talking about not being able to be a sustainable business, they did not mention their investors. They simply mentioned that they were not in the black, which is a complete lie. They are. Um, they make, a, like, a ridiculous amount into, yeah, like, because, what they actually need to make. Because their overhead costs are low. Patreon doesn't have patreon doesn't need that much bandwidth or data to run mm-hmm. so they're not like take something like youtube youtube takes a ridiculous amount of bandwidth and server space and memory to run because it's mm-hmm. video but patreon usually your videos are hosted somewhere else and it's a lot of pictures and text which does not require a lot of data so it's relatively inexpensive to run at least as i understand it from the threads that i've seen about this probably also folding ideas um but so, yeah, it is extremely profitable, and they're straight up lying. Yeah, they're millions in the black, <laughs> essentially. They're totally sustainable, um, and, like, this is really an issue of being not as profitable as investors would like. Um, it's great. Even though just some, con- like, Patreon um, is in for $100 million to investors, so their lead investor, Thrive contributed 50 million series b funding um round for instagram and purportedly doubled their money after selling facebook um so this was from another i guess the source is crunch base organization um i we can i can send the i can put the drop the link in in the chat and then ask jake very nicely to put it in the show notes that we never use um <laughs> jake Jake, my sweet summer child, can I please get a show note? Can I please? (laughs) Can I please? Can I please get a show note? Okay, I guess. Maybe I should just edit the show notes. Maybe I could take that on. Um, But essentially, like, I would also like to remind people that the fucking person who runs Thrive, God, God, what is his name? Jared Kushner? I'm gonna, me slaps the fucking, um, or is he the brother of, no, okay, so Joshua Kushner is an American businessman investor, he's the founder managing partner of the investment firm Thrive Capital, co-founder of Oscar Health, the son of the real estate agent, or the real estate agent, Mag, whatever, Charles Kushner, his brother Jared Kushner, the son-in-law and senior advisor of the U.S. President Donald Trump. Congratulations. It's six, it's eight degrees of Kevin Bacon with Donald Trump. I, who I'm having like a fucking meltdown. Um, so essentially capitalism is awful and ruins every fucking thing. Um, but I just... Like, I'm upset about this. It's not... You know that surprised but not... Or disappointed but not surprised? Like I expected nothing, but still I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know what an alternative would be. Currently, there isn't one. A lot of people who are super worried are um, not safe for work content providers, especially after what happened to Tumblr and that being an investor issue more than anything um, because not people not wanting to sponsor ads on a, um, on a website that basically had not safe for work content. But you know who those people include? Me, because while I'm not posting lewds online for money, which there's nothing wrong with that, that's a that's a thing you do for money, and, like, I, I don't, I, sexy cosplayers do your thing, um, I don't, I don't do that, but I am posting lewd art online for money, um, and here's, and, like, when people are like, well, just post something else, but here's the issue with that, here's the issue with that. Um, I got, I just, I like turned around in my seat. You can't, you can't see me. I already have to be fucking everywhere I can possibly be at once on the internet to expose my whole ass so that people can see that I exist and see my art. So I have to produce art that is seen by everyone. However, you can only get people to pay for exclusive content if it is exclusive. So then I have to make extra side content that's not the content that I'm already making. And a really easy way to do that is to make not safe for work art because I can't really necessarily post that everywhere anyway. And like, it's a night, like, listen, we're all horny. And so it's... Yeah, people, people always want to say, oh, sex sells, sex sells until something like this happens. Yeah. And then they all turn into prudes. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If some naked lady can sell me perfume, I can fucking sell like lewd drawings on fucking. I can sell. I could sell my drawings of French ladies on fucking Patreon for money. Jesus Christ. Um. So it, it's just frustrating because like I'm trying. It feels like I'm trying to create these places for me to <coughs> make money, and y'all are trying real hard to support me. And then capitalism swoops in and says, but we could make more money. Like, we're already making money, but we could make, like, more money. Like, could you, like, you know money is good, but you know what's better than, like, money? Bro, more money. (laughs) Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm frustrated. I I told Kay that I didn't have any salt this week, um... So the like we pushed the recording time down or back so that I could find salt and Patreon must have heard me and was like hold hold my beer I've got something um so that's you know that's what I'm salty about and they're like their fucking playful Twitter persona cannot persuade me to yeah you have to be careful when you're talking about Patreon because it's like Beetlejuice and that if you say Patreon three times he appears. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was so funny. I just summoned them onto um, Jeremy's. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I didn't mean to summon them onto your thread. Um, but Jeremy did or Jeremy stand took up. Jeremy the task for it, so. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate it. Uh, he's our dad, but not our daddy. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a disappointing adventure. A disappointing foray this week. Um, and I think with that, that is currently my salt. Okay, let's move into imported salt. The first is from Lord of the Podcast Roaches at night underscore Twitten. Um, 
real fucking serious salt here. I cannot comprehend the tragedy in Christchurch. 4chan and all that bullshit led to this insanity. I was scrolling through the news on my break and ended up seeing some of the footage thanks to Twitter's autoplay feature, which is, incidentally, entirely fucking bullshit and unnecessary, and why does autoplay exist? Agreed. Um, apparently the perpetrator was Aussie too, which makes sense, to be honest. Our right-wing politicians have been stoking Islamophobic sentiment for years when trying to win votes and our media, most of which is owned by Rupert Mur Murdoch, I swear I can speak, has done nothing but magnify and validate this utter bullshit. I'm ashamed to be Australian. I'm heartbroken for the people of New Zealand. And top of all, there's this motherfucker. And they sent a um, tweet by Fraser Anning that I did not transcribe here. It's something Islamophobic, and that's all you need to know. Um, Fraser Anning is a literal neo-Nazi who courted enough rural conservative votes to win a seat in Queensland, and this is his fucking response to the tragedy. He is constantly doing shit like this, trying to poke a hornet's nest of reactionary right-wingers into action, and I guess today's effort paid off. He's a horrifically stone-hearted, sweat-licked, rotten corpse of a troglodyte dragging his shambling personage through our parliament, polluting the public discourse, and reminding us all that there's a whole crop of sheep-minded, shit-for-brains assholes out there that are more than ready to go out and try and destroy anyone who doesn't look, sound, or think like them. I wish I lived in Queensland so I could help set up camp in front of his office and spend the rest of my days dragging my nails down a chalkboard into a conveniently placed megaphone. I really don't know how to process this kind of rank evil properly, and so I've done my best to be creative instead of just repeatedly yelling, I don't really want to say that, I'm sorry, into your DMs. I'm sure there that wouldn't be any good assault for you guys. I know this kind of thing happens more in the U.S., and it's heartbreaking for me when it happens there, too. But the closeness of this event and my country's complicity in it is really fucked up, and yeah. I'll stop yelling and go listen to episode 87, because I'm sure listening to y'all talking about DMC will make me feel better. Um, the feeling of your country's complicity in a tragedy is definitely something I can relate to as someone who lives in America. So... I'm with you on that. I think, um, I think, uh, Kay and I were sort of talking about this before the podcast, um, how at least New Zealand's reaction to it amongst there being, you know, like bad reactions, the other reactions are immediate, like, move for, was it removal of automatic weapons? I believe it was assault rifles. Assault rifles. Um, and, like, that's incredibly proactive, even if it seems, like, backwards and not particularly high motivation. Kay and I were joking is not really the word I would use for this, but um, commenting that in America that would be the reaction to it would be thoughts and prayers for the people of uh, Christchurch. Sorry about that. And, like, then nobody would talk about it because it's always, like, the reaction here is never a move for gun control or a serious conversation about Islamophobia. It's like the cyclical dark reign of the words thoughts and prayers, which should be fucking like peace inducing words, but instead bring nothing but like apocalyptic rage upon my very person because that's our, that seems to be our band aid solution to when these tragedies occur in the United States. But it's it's been heartbreaking to see this kind of behavior in other countries too because like but also i don't know something that's like a little bit eye opening cuz we can get caught up in our own battle against neo fascism in america um and our own political 
issues and our current political climate that it becomes hard for us to see that, oh, also this is a world issue that's currently happening too, which is extremely unfortunate. Um, but the the anger at the complicity of, like, this country, of your country that you're feeling right now, like Kay said, is incredibly relatable. Um, because there's a lot that this country, and not speaking about America, will tolerate. Um, and it feels like banging your head against a fucking wall when people are like, but we need to listen to both sides of the argument. And when one side is coming from fucking, like, pure, racist, hate-fueled, Islamophobic, sexist homophobic garbage that is threatening the lives of human beings and the other side is please don't fucking kill us like there aren't valid points on both sides in that case it's just don't fucking kill people you know what i'm saying um and the most egregious legislation in america is some of the most seemingly benign um and it's important to i think be careful, like, it's not even just, when stuff like this happens, it's really easy to be like, well, those, those are the few, like, far-right people who are crazy, and it would never, like, no, not everybody is like this, but you're right. Sure, in that, but it doesn't matter because a lot of people are like this. Yes, and not only is it that a lot of people are like this, but a lot of people will just tolerate it in hopes of like not stirring up aggressiveness or change or their fear of other radical leftists or whatever they're afraid of centrists will be like well these are the few not the many but those are the many that allow this legislation to go through those are the many who let these people be voted into office these are the people who are like it's not worth voting so i don't vote so these like fucking assholes enter our political like system it's important to always be aware and vigilant, not only of far right extremists, but also of like everyday people, your neighbors, people who are just like giving up. Um, it's why I get so crazy when voting time comes around and I'm like yelling vote every single week until it's time to vote. Um, people who are not from America are probably like, Jesse, you need to calm down. No, I will not calm down. I will absolutely not calm down. You Get off your lazy ass vote. Yeah, I will. Like, if you can vote, you better be fucking voting, or I'm gonna find you. Hangs up payphone. Um, <laughs> you just get a call from me, and that's all it says. You better vote, or I'll find you. No further threat. That's it. I'll just find you. Um, but yeah, I, I just. It's, it's not something I mentioned in the salt, mostly because I'm afraid that I'm just adding to this kind of oppressive atmosphere of, like, people talking about this tragedy and people are currently trying to heal. But I definitely think this is something that does need to be talked about. And I'm glad that you sent in this imported salt, even though it is a very frustrating time right now. I'm also really sorry that you saw some of the footage, like, that... I, I never saw it myself, thankfully. Um, I think by that point, people were yanking it down. But the fact that it was out there at all is pretty fucked up. And the and autoplay is pretty fucked up. Like, it doesn't really matter what the video is. You should be allowed to choose whether or not you actually want to watch it. And it shouldn't just play automatically. 
So and uh, as a lot of um, a lot of people who are who I were following at, um, who I'm following at the time um, and continuing to follow now follow now uh, they were saying you know I know your gut instinct is to share this with your Islamic friends and be like isn't this fucked up and and they were like <laughs> don't do, do that protest. don't do that yeah that's a, that's adding to a lot of people's trauma currently so just think about that when you. Especially the access we have to videos of violence at this caliber now. Um, I know the idea of trying to show yourself as an ally, like, it, it moves you to want to talk about the issues. But if somebody, if the group affected is currently going through the issue, it is not helpful to share this traumatizing content with them. So I would just remind you, um, even sharing it, especially, like, because of the autoplay feature on Twitter, um, it is and frustrating. Facebook. Yeah. Um, like, people can try to blacklist stuff, but it still, you know, comes up. So I, I'm just asking people to be mindful when stuff like this happens. Um, and then I'll... I, I almost forgot that I'm reading the next piece of <laughs> important stuff. That salt. was a pretty heavy conversation, so... Yeah. Um... <laughs> We're not wizards tabletop podcast at We're Not Wizards. It's Richard. Hey, salty McSalt faces. Happy recording day and all that. I just want one. I just want one thing and one thing only. Is that if a, as a restaurant you claim to offer a <coughs> oh shit gluten free menu, then please for the love of all things fucking wheat free, then try. Please try. No putting a huge disclaimer on the menu claiming that while you say it's gluten free, it's actually not because the kitchen staff loves throwing huge amount of flour in the air while they work. The result is that um is I'm ill the whole of the next day. So it was a time. A very gassy one. I am so sorry, Richard. Um, like, People in general don't take allergies and sensitivity seriously enough. Oh, yeah. And I think gluten allergies, because so many, like, white suburban moms, like, jumped on it the same way they jumped on some other less valid stuff people don't take it seriously, which actually ended up hurting people who have serious intolerances to gluten. Um like, it's, it's true of other allergies as well, though. Like, you wouldn't yeah. believe how many, how much pearl clutching goes on when a classroom bans peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Like, how dare you ban like, peanut I, butter? Like, I'm sorry, does your child literally only eat peanut butter? Do they not? Is there nothing else you can feed them? Even just, like, plain fucking bread? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and some fruit or something? Like, you can't substitute the peanut butter with literally anything else. They won't yeah. eat turkey sandwiches. They won't... Nothing. Really. Really. I know kids can be picky, but I find that a little hard to believe. <laughs> I just... Yeah. Allergies are real, y'all. <laughs> Terrible stuff happens to people when they are exposed to allergens. So, please be kind um, and rewind your attitude. And if someone says that they're <laughs> allergic to something, even if you think it's not true... Just respect it, and don't be a yeah. jackass, because the cost of being a jackass could be their life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about the the glutening. <laughs> he, he messaged me just, like, out of nowhere, and the only thing he said was, I've been glutened. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. Also, it's always, like, 
it's always funny to me, like, when, like, as, as a restaurant, if you're gonna straight up be like, hey, this is gluten-free, just don't fucking lie to people. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? It's, it's also, like, probably a problem that people don't understand the whole contact allergy thing. Yeah. So, like, contamination and whatnot, but... Anyway, um, the next one comes from Yo Adrian uh, at Raynor1337. The only salt I got is that being sick sucks, but at least I'm still alive. But being sick back-to-back was horrible. Other than that, thanks to Devil Trigger, I really want to play DMC5, but I told myself that I need to play the other games first. Not really, but (laughs) I didn't. Yeah, you absolutely Um, don't. Fun fact, Lady's face model is the same actress that face modeled for Crow Altius for Kingsglaive. Oh, hmm. That's why she looked familiar. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I was like, oh, I yeah. wonder who that actress is because she looks kind of familiar. There's, you really don't need to play the other um, DMC games to. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly, there. I if you want me to, I will link you a very helpful "What the fuck happened" um, in the DMC games because there's a couple of things you'll want to know so that the end makes sense. Um, but like. Otherwise, you don't really need to know that much because there's like new characters and mostly you're slapping stuff and stuff's exploding and rock and roll is playing and that's everything Probably you the wanted. Most helpful game to be to play would be four. Yeah, um, but you yeah, because Nero shows up yeah. in four and they explain other characters in four. So um, otherwise, like you don't really need to know what the hell is you going just, on. You can just watch a let's play. Like I yeah. <laughs> Nico's new. Nico, the best character. Me getting close Every to the mic. Every scene that Nico's in is a delight. I forgot to talk about this in my pre-sell, but I love her so my much. Wife. <laughs> my was, wife. My wife. There's a great scene after the Gilgamesh fight where Nero's like standing outside <laughs> the van, and she's like, "Get in! Wait, grab that!" And he like he like doesn't know what she's pointing at, so he reaches for a can. She's like, "No, no, the other one." So he like scoots over, reaches for something else. She's like, "No, no, next to that." And she's like, "Nico, please." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I I love her. She's wonderful. She's probably the best addition to this game. She's probably the best character in the fucking game, to be honest. Every time she shows up, I'm like, thank god. Uh, <laughs> on the po- so, yeah. on the on the uh, stream, I was like, Nico is a primordial being, and she's not bound <laughs> by the laws of this universe. And that's why she can drive her car through roofs and stuff. <laughs> I just, I also like to think that um, she, you know, she works with Nero, but I also like to think, because it seems like she also lives with the, with Nero and Kyrie, like, just, yeah. I like to think that she just showed up one day and never left, and, <laughs> and Nero's and, like, well, this isn't the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me, so. Yeah, to be fair, and he's probably, <laughs> like, he's just like, Kyrie, she's like, we can't throw her out, we're not bad people, I just, I love this, I mean, he did, he, I mean, he does, like, it seemed like the kind of person who would invite other people to his, into his house, so Nico was probably like, me too, I guess. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Kyrie, aka Lady Not Appearing in this game, at least so far. Her voice does! <laughs> Her voice does for, like, half a second. <laughs> um, last piece of imported salt for today is from Trey Buchanan at Trey Buke. Hail and well met. I just finished season, um, the season of Terrace House, and it gave me so many feels. The Japanese really know how to tug at your heartstrings. Now I have to make it to May before the new season comes out. I have not watched Terrace House. I have no idea what this I, is. It's my understanding that it is a 
Big Brother-esque reality TV show. That's not really an accurate description because Big Brother's kind of absurd, but like it's it's like a re- like a not quite reality TV show the way you would get with like The Hills or whatever here. Oh, I get it. It's like it's a a four series of one and one theatrical. There's a theatrical film too. Yeah, Six strangers, three men, and three women from different walks of life who live under the same roof getting to know and date each other. That's a wild time. I don't know how y'all people watch this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I haven't watched it either, but I remember um, listening to a different podcast where they talked about it, so that's how I know anything about it. Um, they talked about one episode that sounded pretty funny where I guess in one of the seasons, um, one of the guys is like, I can't remember what they said, like Pakistani Japanese or something. Um, and he'd lived in America, but he speaks fluent Japanese. And, um, but he doesn't write it very well, so he, like, wrote a note for them in English on the board. And they're all just like, what the fuck does this say? <laughs> 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 Essentially. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I I never even heard I, of this. I did not I, watch the series myself, so if I got any of those details wrong, I'm sorry. But... Um, but yeah, I, I, toof, reality TV shows and I have never gotten along except for there was a, there was a short amount of time in my life when I watched Flavor of Love and, um, oh yeah, I've watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I've also watched, uh, oh God, Tila Tequila is a shot at love. I think I watched (laughs) that one too. Um, I don't know why I somehow ended up watching all the love shows. My sister and my mom were, like, way into that for, into a lot of reality TV series for a while. Like, that was their, their mother-daughter bonding. Uh, so I have exposure to a lot of them. Like, um, teen mom and whatnot. <laughs> so. God, I, it just gives me secondhand embarrassment really bad. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I just get secondhand embarrassment so bad from reality TV shows, because it seems like they're always doing some embarrassing-ass shit, and I'm like, there please. There's a really funny one recently, I think it was, um, it was The Bachelor, that's what it was, and their whole, like, I just saw this on Facebook, but their whole shtick was that The Bachelor was a virgin, because, like, whoa, dream big, they're running out of ideas here, um, and so one of the women came on dressed in a sloth costume and she's just like, so I heard you like to take things slow. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then oh instead my of socializing God. with the other women afterwards, she just like climbed up a tree. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait. And, I... he, and, he, and he cut her because he doesn't deserve her. And like. I, so, I have peripheral knowledge of some reality shows because of the internet, um, but that wild Bachelor episode where the girl faked an Australian accent because she thought it would make her more interesting that people like accents, and I'm like, what are you gonna do, fake it for the rest of your life? Like, what the fuck was the plan here? Yeah, what, what was your angle? What were you gonna do? Like, (laughs) Also, I don't even think I could do an Australian accent, first of I all. I definitely couldn't. Yeah, and then she's just like, I I was like, what? What the actual fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. There have been multiple occasions where contestants on The Bachelor have fallen in love with each other instead of whoever they were trying, whatever schmuck they were trying to date, which is always I mean, fun. That's always a mood. 
because who wants to date anybody that they're supposed to date? Who wants to fall in love with someone they're supposed to fall in love with when you can fall in love with Joe Schmo? But also it seems like all the, like, Bachelor contestants are always just, like, the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, it could have been the same guy this whole time and I just wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> like, they honestly... I wonder if that's ever happened, if they've ever had a guy come back to The Bachelor because it didn't work out. <laughs> I mean, they, all the time it doesn't work out. They'll be like, uh, these Yeah, but has anybody come up. back to The Bachelor for a second round? Oh, that... I have no idea. I... My sum total knowledge of The Bachelor begins and ends with random videos I've seen online. Fair. <laughs> this has been a tangent. Yeah, sorry everyone. <laughs> you mentioned reality television and then we were like, does is reality television? Does is reality television is real? Inquiring minds want to know. Um, well, with that, that's our show this week. Um, yeah. where, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me as at Filthy Wizard on Twitter, Filthy Magic User on Twitch and Instagram. And if you want to support me, both my Kofi and my Patreon are linked in the bio of my Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch as Humanity Upgrade, and on Facebook and Instagram as Crowfeather Cosplay. Uh, you can find our editor and wayward co-host jake on twitter as jake underscore lionheart and you can find the podcast on twitter as at podcast salt uh you can also listen to the podcast basically anywhere you get um podcasts from itunes fireside at saltreport.fireside.fm i am slowly losing my ability to speak english as often happens during these recordings but it's all okay um if you'd like to support the show consider donating to our podcast ko-fi page which is ko-fi.com slash the salt report and have a good weekend i guess <laughs> i don't know attendees <laughs> This is it. This is the final breakdown. It's the final breakdown. Jake, come back from the war. Jake, come back. He's abandoned his boys. <laughs> Good night, night y'all. Everyone. <laughs>